coming to you from the pit in Royal Grande, California. Your hosts, John Hackleman and Dr. James Casper. It's time for Pitmaster and the Doc. Hey guys, Pitmaster here. I'm here with the Doc. John, good Dang. to see you. And we have a special guest all the way from uh, Colorado. Colorado. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, how do you pronounce your last name? Heinish? Heinish, correct. Heinish. I, I got it right. Ian the Hurricane. That's a name. It's like a hurricane. Like the Tasmanian <laughs> Devil. Right? Ian the Hurricane Heinish. Coming off a coming off a beautiful win in uh, in Argentina, Argentina, and um, that was his that was his UFC uh, UFC premiere, but he made quite a you know quite a splash. He was on the the contender thing, but until you get into that octagon and fight in the octagon in a UFC show, that's yeah. it right there. And that's where people yes. they can make they can win the like the tough they can win you know pot, uh contender stuff and all that but a lot mm-hmm. of people when they step in that cage and there's an octagon yeah. eight sides for yes. some reason they just fall apart yeah you didn't fall apart yes, did you <laughs> no no I, I held it together man i definitely you held it together i got i gotta admit though that was probably the most one of the most nervous i've ever been for a fight so I can I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Cuz there's like if you go into a cage, sometimes it's round, it's a hexagon, it's a pentagon, whatever. But when it's an octagon, octagon and you there's eight actual sides, the nerves yeah. go up here. If you're in a pentagon, it's here. You're in a hexagon, <laughs> it's here. But if you're in an octagon, that shit is real. It just got so real. That's the yeah. top of the top. It's like playing Major League Baseball instead of AAA. For yeah, sure. well, for me it was, you know, I took the fight on eight days' notice. I'm fighting the number 16 guy in the world. And I'm in Argentina. And, you know, your whole life you're like UFC, UFC. And it's been such a hard promotion to get into. And then, you know, I'm already fighting in the top 20. And it's just like, it's just like I mean, it was. I was questioning, am I ready for this? Am I ready? Like, yes, I'm ready. Like. And then uh, just uh, the like super high nerves. Uh, I'm glad I got out, that out the way. I feel great now. Well, you made two fans out of us. We watch we watch the fights most every. We week. watch the fights together. Let me just tell you, <laughs> my wife actually thinks we're gay. <laughs> anyway, we were watching the fights, and you you, <laughs> know, you made two new fans out of us. And then we heard about your backstory, awesome. a little more about it, and we're like, oh, we got to talk to this guy. Super interesting guy, really making a name for yourself. And then to come on the scene on a main car, that was, that was awesome. And Mark Montoya is one of our favorites. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Court McGee He's loves you, by the way. Court McGee loves you. And Court I, McGee I and I are very close. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, he's such a great training partner, such a hardworking, humble guy, and uh, we really push each other, and we kind of have similar styles where we just keep pushing forward and, and break our opponents. So when we match up against each other, it's just so fun and sparring because we're both trying to break each other, and none of us will let will let up. And it just uh, 
it just makes for some great rounds and we really push each other. So I'm so grateful to have him in our camp now. Oh my God, I love Court. If you don't, okay, this is a true story. If anyone doesn't like Court McGee, they're a douchebag. Anyway, because you can't <laughs> not like him. You Agreed. just can't, right? Like people cannot like me. Sometimes, I don't know, maybe they might not like uh, Mark Montoya. Very more, more people like Mark Montoya than me. But nobody yeah. doesn't like Cor McGee. He's just, he's that fucking guy. So, he is, man. He's a good dude. He is a good dad. So, when you walked in, okay, so you were you more nervous in the dress room getting wrapped, walking out to the cage, or in the cage when they were announcing you? Which was more nerve-wracking? Um, it was probably like the... The five, ten minutes you have right before, after your warm-up's done and you're kind of cooling down a little bit, hands are wrapped, gloves are taped, and you, you just kind of standing around waiting for the next fight to end and the commercials or whatever, and they're like, five minutes. People. Four minutes. Oh, God. And, it, and it's just like, and all this, like, I was like, it, it came through my head, and, I, and I've never felt this guy. I was looking, about to look at the coach and be like, I can't do this. I'm not ready for this. Oh my god! I, yeah, I, I mean, I'm just being real, but I, you know, I silenced that that voice of doubt. And once I walked out there, I was like, "Oh, this is the same thing." The crowd's a little bigger. Once I stepped in the cage, I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna own this cage." I feel I felt at home. I felt great when I got in the cage. Wow, that is but a good sign. Down. That is a damn yeah, good man. sign. So tell us, yeah. eight eight days. But this is out of the country, so how soon after you found out about the fight did you have to get on a plane? Three yeah, days. you know, I was literally, it was like Friday when I found out about the fight. I uh, looked at the opponent. I called Nate Marcourt because he fought him, and I asked his opinion. And, and uh, I called my coaches, and they're like, yeah, let's do this. And I was like, okay, let's do it. And then the Denver fights were the next night, and I had tickets, and I, I almost didn't go because I was just tired from training. And uh, I left that Monday. So I found out Friday, went to the Denver fights on Saturday, packed all Sunday and flew out Monday morning. Wow. <laughs> That's last minute. Yeah. It's about as last minute as it gets. That is, yeah. And I had to do all of my medicals in between then. And then once I landed in Argentina, I didn't have time to get processed for a visa before. So I had to go down to immigration with some girl who, <laughs> who was supposed to take me the night I got there and then didn't. And then was supposed to take me the morning I was got, I got there, and it was four hours ahead. So I woke up at like seven to meet her, which is like three o'clock in Denver, and then she wasn't even ready to go till like eleven. So and then we were at the immigration for about three hours, and it was just madness. It was a madhouse down there, just waiting to get this uh, work visa. So it was a little stressful, but we got the job done. Okay, now we're we're gonna talk about your past, if that's all right. Is that yeah. off limits? Yeah. I, no, no, okay. no. So that must be like weird because now you're in you're in the visa thing and you're in like in, in a, getting a passport and does does any of that stuff like physically and like in your mind like start getting kind of fuzzy? Yeah, I mean, uh, I was getting some feelings of like because the last time I was in South America, I was trafficking cocaine, so. It was kind of, it was interesting uh, being back fighting. there. And, uh, and when I was back there, um, you know, I was, I was thinking to myself, because I got pulled in security, and I was actually legit 
not get one. And so that was, it was kind of a surreal feeling. Hold on, sorry, my video. Is that your internet or ours? There we go. Uh, I don't know. I did get. Okay. Can I go to your, uh, are we good now? Wait, do you want to try to go to your? You're kind of cutting out. Let's just make sure it's not us. I don't know whose uh, internet connection that is. Maybe let me let me move. Maybe. I think ours is better in there too. I wish we could bring a. Let's bring our thing up. Still, uh, let's tell uh, what's his name tomorrow. Here, um, I might have to call you right back. I'm gonna switch our internet over, okay? Okay. You there? Yeah. Yeah, it's working. It says poor network connection, but it's working. Okay. Is that better? Yeah, I I moved too, and and James is actually calling me. I'm using James Lynch's uh, uh, t uh Skype because mine wasn't working for some reason. So, James, if you're listening, thanks, brother. Yeah, cool. So, uh, I think we're good. All right. Anyway, anyway so yeah. uh, ask me your question again. Yeah. Okay. So you're going. So, to, you're doing. Okay. You're you're doing. You're you're in immigration, but you yeah. have so many weird connections and and memories and experiences with immigration and it must be in the back of your mind where they're just going to like snatch you out and say you know you're out of here did i mean did that cross your mind uh yeah you know well it was funny because even in the airport i got pulled aside to be randomly searched and back in the day if that would happen it's like stressful and that time I was just laughing because, you know, I was actually in back in South America on a business trip, but legal business and doing the right thing. So, yeah, there was a lot of flashbacks of like the same smells and I speak Spanish fluently. And yeah, and being in the immigration and just seeing everyone trying to get in the country to get a work visa. And yeah, I mean, it was pretty surreal and it was a cool feeling to be back in uh, the continent where I was getting in trouble in and to be there on a legit business trip. And have to not look over my shoulder and to be have a clear conscience. It was a good feeling. Wow. So yeah. So did did it take you longer? Like, do they pull up stuff and question you about stuff? No, not really. They just searched my bag and uh, they, oh, they looked at my CBD. They were worried about that, and no, they were they were they were. Uh, they didn't pull my record or anything. They just searched me. I guess I got that look and they searched me and I was just laughing. I, my girlfriend was standing there watching me and I was just laughing at her. And uh, It was kind of cool feeling to not be super stressed out because normally, you know, they're trying to watch you and see how you're acting. Are you nervous? And I'm just sitting there laughing because, you know, it's an inside joke with me and my girl. Like, like, look, I'm here and I don't actually don't have a kilo in my stomach. I'm not trafficking. I'm here on legit business. And so it was uh it was kind of a cool feeling. When you when you first when you first got out of jail or prison um and you went back to to Denver was was did you go right to Mark? Did you know Mark before? No, actually I've never met Mark or heard of him before. 
I remember I watched Chris Camozzi, aka Dreamy Eyes. Dreamy Eyes. I fight in Australia, and and I seen that they were from Colorado, and I was like, oh, that would be a good team to search out when I'm back in Denver. This was before I went to prison, and then so when I got out of prison, I was just kind of asking around to my friends, hey, where's a good gym to go to? And a guy I used to wrestle with hit me up, and he said, I heard you want to train, and I was like, yeah. I was like, but I don't have a car, I don't have a license, I don't have money. And he's like, cool, where are you staying? And I lived in this area that he passed. So he said, I can pick you up and take you there. And I remember he took me to Monday night uh, striking class with at Factory X, and I met Mark Montoya for the first time. And this guy just happened to drive by where I lived every day so he could give me a ride there and back. And literally the, time, the day I got my license in a car, he quit and never came back. So I, didn't, I actually didn't miss a single day of practice. And when was that? When did you start at Factory X? I started in Factory X in, uh, let's see, I got out in Valentine's Day 2014. And I probably found Factory X in, in probably like late March. Oh, about wow. a month, a month of freedom. So pretty quick. Who's that guy that found you, that drove you every day? Uh, Matt Murphy. Are you still His buddies? Uh, we talk. He moved to Florida. He quit fighting. But, uh, yeah, we talk once in a while, and I, I, I tell him, I'm always like, man, I'm grateful for what you did. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, we're, we're in touch a little bit, but, yeah, he kind of quit and disappeared a little. It's a weird connection. I like people's lives. Like, that he, I mean, if it wasn't for him, who knows if you, yeah. you might have just said, if I can't get a ride, forget, uh, I won't even train. You might be, you might be working, stacking shoes and shit at, uh, at like, some shoe store or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was I was roofing with my dad. My dad owns a roofing company, uh, so I was roofing with him. So, who knows? But I knew I wanted to train, and I was going to find a gym. But with his help, I found the perfect gym, and I got to train earlier than I uh, anticipated because I had a ride there every day. And how is Mark? When like when you first walked in, did you did you go right up to Mark? Yeah, I I was introduced to Mark. I trained. And then I, he pulled me in his office and what he does with everyone and talked to me for about an hour about, look, man, if you want to train with us, that's great. I'm going to give you a week trial to see if you're a good fit, if we're a good fit for you. And, and then basically told me if I go back to the way I was living, if I start drinking and drugging, uh, that I have to leave the team and he won't, he won't put up with my shit and that I need to fall in line. And, and then I, I did a week trial and I remember he made me spar with Chris Camozzi and, and Brian Rogers my first week there. And uh, I'd say I did pretty good. I mean, I used wrestling basically. And, uh, and yeah, and then we had a talk and I joined the team. And the rest is history. So the thing I was most impressed with watching you in that fight in Argentina was your ability to get up. I mean, he took you down, but your ability to get up almost instantly every time out of, uh, I think you were mounted too. Your ability to get up, so obviously you have a strong wrestling background. Um, what other pieces came along the way? Because I know you had this really interesting journey to the UFC that does, didn't take the usual path. Uh, but you started mm. wrestling, right? Yeah, I started wrestling when I was about 11, a few-time Colorado State champ. Took fourth at Senior Nationals, a few-time All-American. Uh, wrestled at the OTC for a little while. But, you know, I was drinking and partying, so I had a I had opportunity for college, but I got expelled my senior year. And then I uh, 
got a JUCO scholarship to Northern Idaho, but I just blew that the first like semester. So did you go? Then, is that in Coeur d'Alene? Yeah, Coeur d'Alene. Yeah, that's why yeah. folks live there. That's beautiful there. Oh, it's it's beautiful. Man. How the long were you in? Like, um, maybe like four or five months. Not very long. So you got it to was, see you it. You know what? Yeah, yeah. The campus is like twenty feet from that lake, and you know they paid for my rooming, my board. Uh, my books, my schooling, and then they gave me money in a bank account, and I just blew all the money, got evicted from the hotel, picked up like four charges. I mean, I was living, I was living reckless back then, you know. And I moved back to Colorado, and that's when I started selling drugs. Basically, I moved to Canada after that, and uh, so yeah. But I started off wrestling, and then when I got locked up in prison, I got really involved in boxing. And then basically I've been training in MMA for about four and a half years since I've been out uh, consistently with Mark. And, you know, I've kind of evolved to a complete fighter. I enjoy striking a lot and I don't just wrestle. And as you saw, I wasn't trying to go to the ground with that guy at all. But if he does take me down, I have the ability to shoot right back up. I will not accept being held down. Yeah, that was clear for sure. What was this fighting you did in prison in a sand pit or something. I read an article you wrote that you did some kind of luche something. Yeah. What was that? Yeah, it's called it's called lucha canaria, and it's basically best out of three. You wear like a gi, and uh, you you know you wear Hackleman's gi pants and you roll them what? up and uh, <laughs> and you go shoulder to shoulder and you lock on to their gi pants and it's best out of three. No way caught. Oh, yep, he's got them on. Where's the fanny pack? Oh, I see it. <laughs> <laughs> that's right that's right yeah baby Back on, man. yeah man and you know you go you link up shoulder to shoulder and it's best out of three in a gladiator pit with it's sand and if their hand touches their knee touches that's one and it's best out of three they get eliminated and basically if your team has people left at the end you win so you got to run through a whole team and they keep getting bigger it's like, really, it's like African-style Senegalese, but the Canarian, the Spanish Canarians have their own twist on it. And so I started participating in this sport, and the coach, the father of the best Lucha Canaria guy ever was locked up with me, and he was my coach. And it usually takes like three months to get in this program. You got to do all this paperwork. And I walked right up to him. I showed him my cauliflower ear, and he was like, all right, you're on. And I came on the team. I started dominating everyone in the prison, and then the prison brought in a professional team off the streets, and I beat the whole team, me and one other American, and these guys are making money on the street, they're professionals, and so the, the, the president of the Federation of Lucha Canaria wrote the warden a letter and said, hey, when this American gets out of prison, we're going to sign him, so keep him on the island, and the warden had, turned out to be very like racist and did not like the idea of an American dominating his sport, so that's when they shipped me to the north of Spain called Leon. So they moved you. So you were on you were on those islands off of uh, off the coast there. Yeah, off the coast of Morocco. Wow. So then they got rid of you, and then you picked up, bo and then you started boxing training in the other prison. Yeah. So then this boxing, this gym, ha or this other prison had a boxing program, and and this guy, this coach, was pretty good. He reminded me of Mickey out of Rocky, you know, Rocky's coach, and. Uh, just an older guy, but a good coach. And I just boxed full time. I had a few fights in the prison and they let me make my own MMA class. So it was, it was yeah, great. Prison. That's like, we, prison. That's a yeah, nice prison. I, it was nice, man. I got to go to church. I got to learn Spanish. 
I had two boxing classes a day and then my MMA class in the evening. And we would run and do strength and conditioning on the other days. Wow. So they fed you okay while you were in there? So you could Not train? really. Not really? Not really. <laughs> no. The food was the issue. You know, if you had some money, you would buy tuna and mussels and get one of like their bocadilla, like their breads, and you just make a sandwich. And that was like eating, you know, like prime rib. Was that commissary? Did they have like a commissary where you had to have uh... Yeah. Yeah. So it was like a store yeah. that's open every day. Yeah. At commissary, you got to order it in American prison. Yeah. But they had like a store and your card charges up every week if you have people put money on it. And uh, yeah, so it was it was like commissary food. But yeah, sometimes, man, they would feed us like in the morning some milk that they mixed up with powder with a piece of bread. That was breakfast. For lunch, it would be, you know, sometimes one chicken leg or two chicken legs and like potatoes. And there would always be a fight when there was chicken. And then in the afternoon, sometimes it would be like potatoes with potato croissants with potato soup. So you weren't you weren't getting the best nutrients in for sure. It was it was rough. But what about like drugs in there in the prisons over there? Was that something that happens at all, or are there no drugs in that prison? <laughs> oh man, there's there's every drug there is under in that prison. You know, you you I mean, you pay the guards a certain amount. They bring you an iPhone, a panini maker, and uh, a piece of hash. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's it's it was super corrupt. And also, the prison would prescribe these guys like. They would go, every day. They get like methadone and like uh, like Xanax and Valiums and I mean there was a lot of drugs. But they would rather have people just medicated and zombied out than like aggressive and trying to start fights, you know. But there was definitely a lot of drugs. I had to keep my head straight there and just focus on my activities and and stay away from it. I'm not gonna lie, I did smoke some hash in there a lot, but um, other than that, I stayed away from it. So, but they did offer you opportunities you feel like you don't get in the American prison as far as trying to rehabilitate you? Oh, like, yeah. You went they, to class and stuff? Yeah, man. They they really, it's such a different thing. Like, you can wear your street clothes. You can train. You can start an activity if you petition and get enough signatures for it. You can, uh, you know, there's all these different sports. There's actual weights. You know, you can learn a language. You can go to school. There's so many things you can do in our prison. There's nothing and there's, there's no weights. There's no sports. The only thing they'll teach you to do is to cut hair and barber shops don't hire felons. So x-ray tech, it's, x-ray tech. Oh, what? There's an x-ray tech school. Really? Yeah. Okay. I wasn't <laughs> Isn't that crazy? on that program. But. Isn't it crazy? Cause you, <laughs> if you're a felon, you can never get a job or a license as an x-ray tech, but you can go to x-ray tech school in prison. Maybe some prisons. You can yes. also become a paramedic. Yeah, yeah I, but I you'll, know. you'll never you, get hired. But so yeah, yeah. So what's the point? And that, at least back in the day with boxing, I mean, you if you're a felon, you can box. You, you can know? box. And I, I mean, they should just do other programs. They're they're making these guys work for no money. I mean, it's just uh, it's not it's not a, it's not the same system. The Europeans had it down, at least in Spain. I really was happy how they did it. If, if you have a wife, you can get a conjugal visit twice a month. What? If you... That's yeah, more than you, I get now. And I'm not even in prison. <laughs> what the fuck am I doing wrong? Oh, I need to commit some crimes, man. <laughs> Damn it. You I get like once a month, maybe. Oh, man. And uh, and like say you're single in there and you, there, you can meet a girl in there, start riding her, and then eventually you can 
uh, do the glass visits and then you can get conjugal visits and then you can marry in there. You can have a kid in there. You can live your life in prison. Fuck, I'm going. I bet you there. Li- I bet you life would be better for me there than it is right here. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> so how is it being back oh. in Denver? You like uh, you like living there? Are you in the city? Um, yeah. You. You know, I'm south of Denver. I'm kind of in the suburb of Denver, and uh, it's cool, man. I mean, I love Denver. I, I was born and raised here. I'm really more of a beach person, but. You know, I'm here, uh, I, I get to, I'm actually leaving for Mexico on Tuesday to kind of get my beach fix and then get ready for my next fight. What but about Little, Denver's are you near straight, Littleton? I don't, I don't, yeah, Littleton. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you know the martial arts, uh, People's Kempo Karate? I've seen it. That's, that's my good, you should go in there. Those are really cool people. Those are, I go there for their black belt testing. Um, okay. Yeah, we're really close. Yeah, look for uh, they're really okay. good. That's that's like uh, the that's under Cecil Peoples, if you remember him. He used to be a ref in some of the fights, and uh, yeah, they own that school, and it's a really good martial arts school. They'd love to have you come in. The owner's name is okay. Chuck, Chuck and Connor and Carol. That's the husband okay. and wife for Chuck and Carol, and then uh, Connor's the the kid, and he's like twenty, he's like twenty six or something, and he runs the place. But anyway, that's a good place. Okay. So you live there yeah. now? Yeah, so I live in Denver. It's great. I'm not a fan of the cold that much. And uh, I love the mountains, but in the summer, obviously. But, I mean, training at elevation is great. I mean, it shows with the cardio. When yeah. I go to sea level, I mean, it really makes a difference. So, I mean, if it wasn't for my family and coaches, I probably wouldn't live here. But right now I'm, I'm happy to live here and, and train up at, at altitude and with my team at factory X. So, uh, it's a good setup for now. I don't, well, I don't, I don't know if, I don't mean this is like, I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but okay. Be honest. Yeah. Have you ever looked at Chris Camozzi in the eyes and got turned on? <laughs> Come on. Bro, it's only gay if you kiss. No. I mean, Chris is my boy, man. We, Isn't he a great we guy? Trade. He's a great guy. His poor you know, brother. Like His poor brother. I know. I know. Unfortunately, I mean, he was, yeah. I mean, I hope he gets another shot. He's still super young, and, and Chris still has a lot of good things going for him. You know, he just won his glory fight, and he's, he's going to. He's won like three in a row, hasn't he? Uh, no, he lost the decision on one, but. Um, he's two and one in glory, but oh, yes. now he's going to switch back to MMA. And, uh, they're just great training partners. I, I believe training with Chris really helped me with that last fight. The guy was a tall, long southpaw, and training with him all the years is just—it uh, was just perfect for me. That's why I felt very confident just taking that short notice fight against Caesar. How did the fans treat you down there, in South America? How was your experience? Uh, you know, it was good. It was it was great. You know, I speak Spanish fluent, so they were loving that. And all the reporters in my after fight speech, they were just hyped when I was speaking Spanish. But obviously, I got a few boos during the fight because Caesar was backing up, and you know, it wasn't engaging as much as I would like. And uh, you know, they were kind of ruthless down there. But uh, once I spoke Spanish, and they realized I wasn't just some gringo, and uh, they they were super cool with me, and everyone was reaching out and just just nice people it was cool it i'm was sure you made a ton of, of fans down there 
Yeah, I would love to fight in South America again. I love it. So what? Uh, you said you're gonna be training for another fight. Do you have one on the books yet? You know, nothing official, but uh, David Branch is in the books are uh, in the works right now uh, for January, and that's looking promising for the Brooklyn card, I believe. Brooklyn. Oh yeah. So are you yeah. interested in in fighting as much as you can right now? Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it got brought up to me really quick after my fight, and it was really hard to think about when I was super sore and just uh, trying to enjoy the win. But, uh, yeah, no, if, if the opportunity is there, I love it. I I am super excited. You know, I, like I said, I took the slow track to get to the UFC. I believe I'm going to take the fast track to get the title shot So and get the belt. So I'm excited. He's for this. another. Yeah, he's like 11, I think, in the world right now. And, um, you know, he's a big name, and he's a tough guy, and we have very similar styles. So I think it's going to be a great fight. He's He's got good boxing. He's a good wrestler and grappler. So um, I think it's going to be a really good fight, and, and fans are going to love it. He's a New York guy too, right? So you got to go to his hometown? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you'll yeah, be the visitor fine, again. Though. Yeah, that's <laughs> fine. I'm fine being the visitor. What? Okay, you what know, do keep, you... Keep upsetting him. What do you think about Chuck's fight? Oh yeah, well, I wanted to ask you about that. I was, uh, you know, I was sad to see the the results of that, and you know. What do you think is the fighter? Was he was he one of the guys you looked up to? He was, man, and I I just liked his style and just how he he just would take the fight to you and get in your face and the Iceman Blitz. The Ice know, Blitz. Support. <laughs> yeah 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 court told me about that but yeah no honestly i th- I wish he would have just left his career the way it was and, and his legacy but um i i don't i don't think he needed to do it for money but if he did you know i mean it was hard to watch it was like when fedor lost to matt mitrio and i was really you know those those type because i looked up to those guys you know and they're just not the same anymore and they i think they should just let it go but what was your take on it i mean you're as coach and yeah I was, mentor i went from i went from i went from kind of pissed off that they took the fight to sad to nervous to more nervous to as soon as it happened i just got sick to my stomach when he went down so i was like but i talked to him a couple times since then he's he's all right and uh good he's not gonna fight again that that'll be that's the last that's the last one is there's, there's no fucking. If they try to get him to fight again, if I would do a protest like the, like wear the vagina hat, you know, protest like when they do like anti-man protests or the women's right protest, I would do right. no more fight for Chuck protest, and I would be marching down the street. Did you, did you corner him? No. For that? No, I didn't. No. I didn't even go. I didn't even go work with him at all. He had like, they had somebody else came in, and it was. I didn't. He knew I didn't want him to fight, so there was kind of a weird dynamic there because I was against it from the beginning. So yeah, it did. It did not. Does every because every young fighter, they just look up to Chuck and Tito is a really good guy and a really good fighter, but for some reason he just he's not looked up to, and never has been, never will be like Chuck is. It's weird because I don't know why, but. You just don't look at Chuck, uh, Tito and go, oh, that's my idol. But everybody looks at all the fighters look up to Chuck. Why do you think that is? 
Um, I don't know. Chuck just has more of like a leadership role, I think. And Tito is just kind of, I don't know. It's just, it's just different. Like you said, it's really a hard thing to explain. I just, I mean, Chuck's like a pioneer and he's one of those guys who didn't talk too much crap. He just went out there and handled it with his hands. And, um, I don't know. I don't know why that is. I'm kind of, uh, you know, I, I'm kind of lost with words like you on that, but yeah. I definitely, I definitely know what you're talking about though. Like Chuck is just, he's just a pioneer of the sport. And I mean, when he fought, when they were in their prime and all that hype of them fighting and, and I mean, Chuck just walked through him like twice. So, I mean, that was when Chuck was just destroying people. Yeah. He just, yeah. The chin went, once the chin goes, you know, it's like, yeah it's, that's that's never gonna come back you know and once you lose your chin i mean it's like you just it's not gonna go anymore you just you have to change your style like you could kind of not have a chin and be like muhammad ali he, i'm not saying he didn't have a chin but the way he fought you know always moving but someone that goes right in to slug and if you don't have a chin it's like you're walking into a gunfight and your your bullets are you're empty, you know. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're just more vulnerable. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, I mean, he yeah, I mean after the after the, his last time he fought Tito, I think uh, he could have just left his legacy alone. It could have been. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been perfect. Been. It's like yeah. it's like the okay. Think of it this way, and I don't mean to be crude, and I don't know if you're like have any. I'm not trying to fat shame, but. Like, it's like a fat chick, right? So you you, you fuck her once because you have to, and then maybe you'll fuck her twice, but why would you want to fuck her the third time? <laughs> That's a fact. You know, That's you don't. Because you, no, you, you already do did that. it twice. Why would you, now, now the fat chick, you, did, you don't want to fuck her the third time, so you shouldn't ever. It's a bad idea. Yeah, don't go Words back. To live by, Ian. Been... Words to live by, Ian. As a young fighter, Ian, you get... Take yeah. that, take I'm that a mentor. <laughs> I'm like a mentor. No, you, you can, because my fight, because a lot of my, a lot of my stuff is, is is it relates to fighting and life. Yeah. Well, fighting is a lot like life. It is. So, it's a microscope. It, it, it is. It, it yeah. is. And you were on a microscope, and look, look, look how so many people would have just crumpled, and you, you rose to the occasion, and look at you now. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's. I'm I'm happy with uh, last weekend for sure. What did um, you think about that, What did you think about Francis Nagano and uh, Blades? Uh, I mean, yeah, you. It was such a weird punch too. Just yeah. caught him. It grazed him behind the ear, and it, you know, it looked like he hit him like this, but it looked like his hand was up and just like hit him. He must hit hard. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt. That's the thing with those heavyweights, man. You get clipped by Zingano early in the fight, and I mean, I couldn't imagine. That's why those heavyweights get paid a lot more because they, man, they deserve it. Because that's brain damage, you know. I mean, those that dude's got heavy hands. And, that was a good stoppage I mean, was, too. I thought. Yeah, yeah. At first, when I watched it, I was like, "That's you know, he he's still going." But then he was just eating unanswered shots, and you know, it's kind of one of those things that you knock someone out and then you wake them back up. And, yeah. Probably not a good idea. They keep going, um, yeah. but yeah, no. I mean, and Curtis Blades, he'll bounce back. I mean, he he's young in his career, and um, I actually know him, and we're cool. And he, I mean, 
he seems like he's uh, gonna just be more determined after that. So, what about Alistair? What about Alistair Overeem? I didn't even see that fight, to be honest. Oh yeah, yeah. He knocked uh, he knocked some guy out, and it looked like there was like three or four punches too many. Yeah. But and when and when people talk about Chuck's taking too much damage, which I think he has, I don't like him. I don't like my fighters ever taking damage. I'm like the towel throwing in person. I've thrown in the yeah. towel more than anyone I know. But um, but he's been knocked out like. Plenty of times in K1 and in... Uh, oh, Alistar? Yeah. Well, that was all over the highlights <laughs> on the fights yesterday. Him getting knocked out by Naganu. Oh, yeah? That oh, was God. a brutal knockout earlier this year. Yeah. But I don't know why he's like... I would think, like, what? He's been knocked out like 12 or 13 times. He's had 60 fights, I think. Alistar? Yeah. He's had probably 61, 60 fights, something like that. Yeah. That's a lot of fights. So you That's have a girlfriend crazy. now? Yeah, I have a girlfriend now. Um, she Where'd came out with me to Argentina. Super supportive, good girl. Where'd you meet her? Uh, at a yoga festival. What? Really? <laughs> yeah. Man. Okay, let me tell you something. This is my words of wisdom because I'm 60. Yeah. Do not, do not ever, and I used to think it was cool, and I used to do it. Do not ever cheat. No. I know. It's, it's like the worst thing in the world. It doesn't make you. It cool. is, man. It, it makes you a douchebag. It really does. It does, yeah. And, and a lot I used of to do it. Things. It's not good. Yeah, yeah. Well, more words of wisdom from Hackleman. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Do not good. ever cheat. That's one thing. That's one thing that'll get you kicked off my team like that. Yeah, our yeah, MMA show good. often turns into relationship advice. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> how dare you? That's not a. It's not a bad thing. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. Treat. Right. Treat treat her with with respect and don't ever cheat on her, and yes, it's, it's it's a it's a freaking it'll come back and pay you back. Tons. Yeah, no, are I you, agree. Are I, you still training right now? Do you do you come back from a fight and start training again? No. No, I need a. I'm still pretty uh, bumped and bruised up. I'm gonna just. I'm gonna rest. I'm gonna go to Mexico next week. I might hit some pads tomorrow. Just uh, stay sharp and. And then I'll be back in full training camp next week. Yeah. Not next week, the week after. Yeah, on the third. When do you? When do you? Um, when do you? What's your uh, target date to be fighting for a title? If you had it your way. Um, I would say. 2020, Yeah. Okay. Yeah, maybe two years from now, two and a half. Yeah. Do you yeah. know that? And, you, your guys camp, uh, the Factory X. Um, yeah. You guys are taking over like, like ATT and Jacksons, and now you guys mm-hmm. are like, I mean, your camp is like recognized and and respected like that. They've had quite a year. It's like it's unbelievable. Mark's created just, Mark's created a fucking great camp. It's like very well respected. Yeah, we're doing amazing, and you know, people didn't give us the respect. I talked to Ariel Hawani the other a uh, few days ago, and he's like, "It's partly my fault because I don't get over to your guys." And I mean, now they can't deny us. We got you know Anthony Smith, Macy Barber, Devonte Smith just won his debut, and now we got me winning my debut, and then next weekend we got uh, Chris Gutierrez about to make his debut. We have a bunch of up and coming fighters from uh, under him, and. 
Now we have Core uh, joining the team. You know, Siler, 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 Siler is here. Siler, forget Siler. I always. <laughs> Siler's the man, and uh, he's fighting for the million dollars in the I, PFL tournament. And man, I hope he wins it because oh that guy deserves God. it, man. He he's, deserves he's it so much. He deserves. He does. It. He does. Yeah, he's an OG in the game, and he's just his fights are so funny. He's like he's like this grappler guy, and then he like drops people and subs them. Do you know he? Do you, I've never in my life, even Chuck, even Glover, I've never seen anybody. Because I worked his corner a bunch of fights. I've never seen anyone as cool and calm as as Siler. He's just he's like the most calm, cool guy. Yeah. He's he's gambling on his cell phone walking out to the cage. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, wait, I I, coach, wait, wait, hold on. He stops the he stops it. Like we're all walking out to the cage and he stops it. And then like the guy's saying, the UFC guys, come on, we gotta go. He goes, Hold on one sec. And he's like, that's walking out to the cage. He's he's that comical. Yeah, yeah. No, he's. I mean, between Siler and Court, uh, just such a great addition to our team. And you know, having James Krause and Zach Cummings cross train with us too. Yeah. Uh, that's been a great addition. We just have a, a young and upcoming crop. You know that people haven't known about, but we're going through the LFA, and now that we're getting more eyes on our gym and more people breaking into the UFC, like myself and Macy and Devontae and Chris, it's going to be easier for the next generation to make that jump to the UFC because yeah. I didn't have it easy. I, I had to go 11 and one, you know, I had to win the LFA belt. I'm coming off three knockouts. Then I had to go to contender series and knock someone out there just to get the contract. And, but I mean, it was all meant to be, you know, get, and then everyone's turning me down to fight me, all the lower level UFC guys, all the contender guys that made it in the UFC. And then I got the opportunity to just pass them all and fight the number 16 guy. And so, I mean, it couldn't have worked out better for me. And now I get to fight a guy who's close to the top 10 next and go make a statement on him. And I was going to ask, like, what do you think about Branch? Branch has been in the game forever. And yeah. He's taken some knockouts recently. And so I'm, I'm wondering, I mean, I know he's going to come hard, especially off that loss that he just took. Yeah. Against, yeah. So, I mean, I'm, what do you think on that? I think, I think it's a, I think he's a, He's not a he's a he's a he's a tough guy. He's just a tough guy mm-hmm. that's like he's like a street fighter. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think he has I don't think he has the skills you have. And I think once he I mean, we're not trying to give him your strategy, but I think you're too I think you're dimensional where you have the hard punching like he does. But I and I think he has good good takedown defense. But he doesn't have the whole. He's not a complete wrestler like you are. Yeah. So I think that's. I, I think I that's that's your biggest. Uh, I think that's your biggest uh, advantage over him. Mm-hmm. So, but I. Yeah. But you also you both have heavy hands and you both like like to bang, but then you could change it up when you want to. He can. So that there's a huge yeah. advantage right there. Yeah, no, we're definitely on the same page, and I, I appreciate you not giving my game plan, but we're definitely on the same page with that, and yeah. I think it's going to be a great fight, too. And People uh, are going to love it. He's he, a big name. He's a he's a, not only a big name, but he's a highly rec- uh, uh, respected name, too, because he's a great guy. He seems like uh, like he came into the game later, you know, and then he, he then or he came in the game, 
then he left and came back or something, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He went to World Series for a while, but man, he's fought everyone. I was just looking at his record, and he's fought he's fought so many people. I mean, just like big names, like just uh, what's that jujitsu guy's name? I didn't even know the guy who who holds like the submissions too long and they kicked him oh, out. Oh, Polaris, Polaris. Yeah, yeah. He fought him. Um, I mean, he recently fought Luke Rockhold. I, I forget. I looked at it, but I was just like, wow. Oh, he, who else did he fight? Uh, I think he fought Jacare. Um, yeah, these I mean, are, he's fought a lot. These are guys he didn't beat. Um, Those guys. I think he might have beat Polaris, but. Yeah, yeah. I would have to look, but yeah, he, yeah, when he did get a tough, like, top five, top ten guy, he, he didn't beat him. Yeah. But yeah. everyone else, he was wrecking shop, so. Yeah, yeah, because he's a tough he guy. Did, he knocked out that Santos guy, that Brazilian. Tiago. Tiago, yeah. Yeah. That's a tough dude. It is a tough guy. So he's a, I mean, he's a tough guy. But Caesar sub- submitted him, too, the guy who I just beat. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I mean, the, you got to watch out with, like, with the UFC, uh, it's like, I mean, you can pick and choose to a point, but there's a point where it's in their head when you're, when you're saying no to someone, that stays in their head, and it's like, okay, we'll go ask someone else, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When you're saying yes, like, uh, they, they don't forget, they're, a lo- they're, for the most part, they're a pretty loyal group, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? They can be they yeah. can be pretty loyal to people, especially if you take a fight last minute like you did. So yeah. you you're kind of in the driver's seat right now. Yeah, no, they they were really uh, happy and just like grateful that I took the fight, and they're like, "Man, that wasn't a tough fight, and you could have said no to it." And I'm like, "No, thank you guys for that opportunity." And then what I and then what I did, what I did, you know, obviously they wanted to see a finish, but um, I, I mean for the eight days notice and. I mean, I, I broke, I fractured his arm, and his arm popped twice in that arm bar in the first round. I told Coach, I was like, Coach, I think I broke his arm. He was like, pop, pop. And he's like, sit down. And then the second round, I dropped him. If I had a little bit more time, I think I could have finished from them. But, man, Caesar was tough, and I think I need to be a little bit more patient and uh, pick bigger shots. But uh, for the most part, I'm, I'm very happy with that performance. I'm coming up soon to work with you guys. By the way, I, I was gonna, I was gonna, nice. uh, I was talking to uh, Mark. Just work. We're gonna work some left hooks, spinning back kicks, and uh, and uh, some power punching. Good, oh, good. Wait, bring, all. bring your knowledge, man. I love it. I love getting different looks and yeah. just learn, being a student. You know, that's what that's what MMA is about. The second you think you got it figured out, you're gonna lose. Yeah. And and when you just sit back and you're like, I don't know anything, and you just keep learning, that's when you, you're just on fire. But you got to remember one thing. There's a constant in, in all of the everything. It's always changing and evolving, and you do, you do have to keep up with everything. You have to prepare for the worst all the time. But remember one thing. When you hit them on the chin, they go to sleep. And that doesn't mm-hmm. change. You can't, they can't fucking evolve their way out of that. You can't. Yeah, you, right. You can't get back up from your mound. You can get up all day long if someone gets on top of you. Chuck could get up all day long. Chuck could defend a takedown all day long. You know what I mean? But nobody, nobody is gonna wake up if you hit him right just on the chin. Fight's over yeah. every time. 
Yeah. Remember, yeah. what would you be doing if it wasn't for MMA right now? You got out of jail. You did all your, your smuggling and shit. Now you're out of prison. Are you going to be working? A, would you be a roofer? Would you be happy doing that? No, I wouldn't. What do you think you'd be doing? Um, no MMA. MMA is not in the picture. Oh, man. Yeah. Who knows, man? I could probably get back in that lifestyle that I was in. Cause I know I wanted to, to live an exciting life. I don't want to just be a 9-to-5 or it's just not in the cards for me. I like action too much. And uh, so who knows, man? Maybe I would start smuggling again, you know? <laughs> Wrong answer. Wrong just, answer. Just, just being real. In FBI and shit. We're gonna delete that part. <laughs> FBI's in a, the FBI is on the Skype right now. They're like, "What do you say? He's gonna what? He's smuggling again? They're gonna be knocking on your door." Oh my god. That I mean, is an interesting question, though, because you never know in this in this profession when you might be done, and having something else to do that's gonna keep you interested. Uh, obviously, what yeah. you're doing now is exciting. What? Um, yeah. He did not say that. And what and what you were doing before was probably pretty exciting. Um, yeah. You got to find some other excitement in case you don't keep doing this. What's forever. your oh well 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 the thing is now like I mean with what I've done it really changed my life because if I was just unhappy I'm so happy with my life I'm learning so much I'm 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 making such an impact on so many people with my testimony how I turn my life around and. And God is just has this path for me, and I'm just like on it and just moving forward. So, and I just love watching uh, my story impact so many people. It's like a weapon that just like inspires people and and brings people hope that are just in dark places like I was. And so, yeah, I'm gonna use MMA as my platform. I'm gonna win the belt. I'm gonna retire. And uh, like I said before, I want to open up like a halfway house slash um, slash like a rehab center slash full-time training facility so these kids who get a prison sentence instead of going to prison crime school and just becoming worse they can go to this uh program that just lets them train in mma full-time basically like i was offered in spain and they can really change their life around and um you know i just want to make an impact on the world in that way and just like help so many people because i was helped by so many people in the process to be where i'm at today it's time for me to like be a full circle and, and give back and and be that person that I had when I needed help. So that's 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 that an gives awesome me message. That's an awesome. Yeah. Well, doing what I do, you see these people that are trapped, that are on the wrong path, and that's why for you, you were so interesting to us to talk to. Is you kind of brought your path back around, and you're doing something great, and you're getting your message out there. Um, so for us, that was that was the totally you know the fascinating part to your story. Other than you being an amazing fighter, and like I said, you made yeah. fans out of both of us, but. You know, you must have really clicked with Court because Court's got this. You know, he goes, he does his speaking engagements and really trying to get the message out there with what he's been through. Yeah, me and Court totally clicked. We went out to dinner and just kind of he told me his whole life story. I kind of told him mine, and I believe me and Court are going to team up uh, for sure in the future. And he he came into my life for a reason, and and I believe we're gonna uh, after fighting we're gonna be together doing amazing things and. I just watched him. I just seen a picture of him on his Instagram speak in front of, I don't know, 10,000 people or more. Yeah. And that is just, that crazy. is just amazing. I mean, like, I feel like God gives you these tribulations and these troubles in your life to turn into a testimony. And look how many people he's reaching, man. If he's speaking and he's some tough guy with cauliflower ear and not some nerdy dude telling you don't do drugs, kid. I mean, it just makes such a different impact on these kids. And 
if he can stop, uh, you know, even a handful of kids from going down the path he went where he basically died from an overdose on heroin and almost ruined his life, if he can intercept them before that and stop that, I mean, the, the, the joy from that is, is unmatchable. I mean, it's similar to fighting. It's a, it's a rush of just, of just helping someone. And it's such, it's so fulfilling. It's amazing that what he's doing and I'm excited to partner up with him in the future. Yeah, that's great. Uh, that's good. Yeah. Court's got a great message and obviously you do too. And you're going to have that platform to get, get your message out there. You know, I'm sure you're going to. What kind of, what kind yeah. of diet are you on? Are you on a specific diet? Uh, yeah, you know, from I from all the first off, probably from all the drugs and stuff I've done and drinking and and then when I I thought I had staff on my head and it was folliculitis and the doctors kept giving me antibiotics, antibiotics, antibiotics and then I'd get it again. They give me more antibiotics and I pretty much tore my stomach up. So I'm on an all paleo diet right now, and obviously I I, I cheat a little bit, but basically meat, vegetables, and fruit, nothing processed, no added sugars and a certain kind of paleo food for my gut health because uh, I basically, I got like an autoimmune disease from all these antibiotics and probably the partying before that. So the paleo diet's been helping me a lot. Hmm. That's interesting. What's your biggest fear in life? Uh, my biggest fear in life is probably not living my purpose and uh, letting all these people down that have believed in me and falling back into the life that I, that I once lived. Hmm. Sounds a lot like Chuck or like court. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's good. All right, yeah. man. Well, we love having you, man. Yeah. Thanks guys. You know, learned a lot and Hackleman, I'm excited to see you, man. You're going to be out in how long you think? I don't know. I'm going to talk to Mark. We just gonna, and I've talked to Chris. Chris has come out to the pit. Maybe Chris could bring you about this way too. Cause we have a guest house. Okay. Uh, but it's weird with Chris because you can't make eye contact, and when when he's over, uh, I have to put sunglasses on him because my wife keeps sneaking into the guest house. <laughs> it's really awkward. Right. It's really awkward. Yeah, yeah. You gotta you gotta have him put some contacts in, or something. just like wear well, sunglasses. You were, you were or something. Into the guest house, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah, my wife. You. My wife's like, "Honey," I said, "Where are you going?" She goes, "Oh, I got a mop next door." It's like. You right. bitch. Oh, my God. But anyway, yeah, we'd love to have you guys come out, man, do some training. Um, cool. First time Siler came out, he was staying in the room. And then all of a sudden, check it out. My wife, that was before she was my wife. She came over at, like, midnight. And we started arguing because she had a few drinks. And then we, next thing you know, we're arguing. Then all of a sudden, we started fooling around. We forgot. I forgot. Siler was like in the next room, because that's when he was out for training. So like, the next morning, we I go out to the kitchen and Siler and Ramsey and Court they're sitting there. And I like, I just thought, oh shit. I said, I said, I asked Siler. I go, did you hear anything last night? He goes, yeah. <laughs> I tried to cover my ears, but I did. I go. He goes. I thought it was TV at first, but then she kept yelling, John, John, John. So my oh, poor wow. wife, that's, that's how he first met my wife. So moral of the oh, story, wow. if you do come out to train, bring your earplugs. Okay. <laughs> All right, man. Hey, I want to thank you, and I'm going to be, uh, well, we're going to be working together soon, but then I, I'm also going to be following you a lot closer now, 
and we hope for nothing but the best for you. I, I'm, Thank I'm, you. I can't wait to see you as a 185 champion and uh, yes. spreading your message with Court, who will make it to the 170. And you guys are going to be a dynamic duo. Yes. Yes, I agree. Well, so, well, thank you guys for having me on. I appreciate it. And uh, we'll get on again after a few more fights or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love having you. And and, uh, and keep it up. And, and thanks for everything. Thanks for everything you do, brother. All right. Thank you, guys. Have a good day. All right. Take it easy, man. All right. Bye-bye. See ya.